scripture lesson this morning is taken from the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, The words of him who has seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains, and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you have received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Yet you still have a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Do you play in church? Or do you pray in church? When I was a child, I played in church all the time with my friends. Like just typical kids running around, make some troubles. Since I was PK, pastor's kid, so I had a little bit of a privilege of damaging church property. Each time I make some trouble, either my parents or Sunday school teachers scolded me and my friends. They always told me, church is not a place to play. It is about just worship and pray. Let me ask you, is it wrong to play in church? Maybe because of that, most of my friends do not play in church anymore. They don't even go to church anymore. But they play in the world. Let's think about what is church for? What is this place for? Eugene Peterson said, Playing is delight in being in the image God made us. And praying is delight in the God who made us in his image. Some Christians, like my Sunday school teachers, They got a sharpie pen in their hands and draw a square around the church to isolate church. The church life, only in church building, only on Sunday. Isolate the church life from our life, daily life 
in the world. Are we supposed to be delighted in the being in the image of God always in church and our home, everywhere else? Aren't we? So we must pray and play both in church and the world. If we divide the church life and the world, then we are denying our reality. We have just one life. I am DJ, supposed to be the same DJ in church, in pulpit, in my office, in my living room, wherever I go. Our faith must be real, not virtual, only on Sunday in church. Sarge Church was an isolated church. Jesus said, I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Sardis, before it became a Roman Empire, Sardis was the capital of Lydia, the kingdom, ancient kingdom Lydia, known for lots of gold. So they were a very rich kingdom. So until Roman Empire time, Sardis was a very rich city. So outwardly, the Sardis church were good church. Maybe they had a beautiful sanctuary like us, and large congregation, many rich people come to church, and they have a lot of money. But inwardly, they were hypocrites. Without Jesus, without good news, without healing, without life, without reality, but just formality. Because they separated their church and their word. So Jesus said to start church, wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. This is the only church in the book of Revelation. There's no comment complimentary. There's no praise at all. All other six churches have a complimentary. And there's some you know, problems. But only our church has only problem, no complimentary at all. That's how bad Sard's church. Like Jesus said, spiritual slumber means death, right? When you're sleeping, you're not functioning at all, except you're snoring, bothering other people. Slumber, spiritual slumber means dead Christian. So if we draw a line between the faith and the life, the real life, daily life, 
if we are just awake on Sunday morning in the church building, then we are just witnessing Christ between us here, isn't it? Right? Then there is no witnessing in our life. Witnessing Christ during the weekdays, in a classroom, in our office, in our, you know, Martins, or, you know, Wawa, wherever you go. There's no witnessing. If we draw a line between the faith and the church, I mean, faith and the world. Christianity has been emphasizing being in church on Sunday. I couldn't believe that, you know, back in the days, you know, I, I was not here, but the blue law, law on Sunday, every business has to close. I even heard that they have a, what they call Vesper service, like Sunday evening service. So if you have a major league baseball game, like yesterday, if it, the game go, you know, d- delay or long, longer, then they have to stop by 6 p.m. or something to people go to worship. This is our country was back in the days. Right? Christians pray in church, but not in their home, not in their classroom, not in their workplace, not in their neighborhood, not in their marketplace. But Christians play in the world, but not as delight in the image of God, but just like other people. And they want to separate them. To mingle with them. They don't want to be distinguished from the people in the world. But remember, we are sent to the world. We are sent to the world. Not as non-believer, but as a Christian. I think it is church's fault. The pastors and clergy, the leaders of the church's fault that we just emphasizing church life isolated in church. Then now what? Church has been declining. We had a great years of church back in the days. But then what, what about all those converts? What about all those People packed in church, where are they now? If we so emphasize our high priority is just church, then where are they? We must be consciously alive to the presence of God at both in church and the world. Eugene Peterson said, that is the holiness test. Discovering the presence of the Holy Christ and the movement 
of the Holy Spirit in these everyday faces we encounter. It is how we make our daily event into the word event. Word event means when we encounter a situation, we apply the word of God and let God intervene in our situation. Then it becomes word event. Remember, we're standing on the line. Yes, there's a line. We're standing on the line between church and the world every day. We know it is a boundary between life and death, truth and lies, and peace and endless competition. So if we don't hold fast the Word of God, if we don't apply the Word of, word of God, every situation we're facing, then we have to choose the other. Death, lies, and endless competition. This is Jesus saying how we soil our garments that God made holy through creation and redemption. But Jesus said, yet you have still a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments. To those people, I know it is hard, not soiling our garments, always choosing life and truth and peace of God for the kingdom of heaven. It is hard. But if they do, if they conquer, then Jesus promised two things. First, Jesus said, They will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments. The city of Sardis was known for their textile business as well. So traditionally, in their concept, white garments means purity and victory, which is on God's side. But we know being pure, being pure like gold, pure gold, being pure, it costs a lot, isn't it? Like I told you, Satan doesn't asking us to, you know, sin many times. Just once. Just one time. Just this little one thing. And one thing become two. Two become three. And it becomes habit. And we, it become, it will be no more sin become our habit, then it's not sin. It is part of us. So being pure in the world, 
accompany sacrificing, losing, suffering. Victory in Christ also has a huge price tag of persecution and rejection. What if it matter? Like, you know, you know, the other church, Titaria, what if, you know, your union or your company does not hire you because of your faith? Because you want to share the gospel with your co-workers. Right? What would you choose? It's not a simple question for everyone. It's not simple. It's a matter of how we can bring the bread to our table or not. The time is coming. We are facing such a persecution on church in this country, believe or not. And Jesus also said, promised, I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Those separate church and the world want to be named on the list of rich and powerful. That's why they want to separate. They want to separate their money from their faith. They want to separate their politics from their faith. Right? So many things. Their career separate from their faith. Then they can do anything what, without faith, isn't it? There's no morality. There's no ethics. There's no holiness on their money, on their career. You know, sometimes I think it's just, maybe it's too much. You know, I've seen church, you know, neighboring church before. They're buying this fair trade coffee beans because the coffee producer or the farmer in Central or South America, they pay so minimal. So many farmers even just burn them all and commit suicide. So some churches wants to buy fair trade priced coffee. Hmm. And some church even sabotaging some clothing company have a child, child labor making those t-shirts or whatever, the clothing so cheap. Some churches, they're banning, buying all those companies. If we look thoroughly in our daily life, then we can find so many things challenging us. Which way? So people separate church and the world. 
Even we think, we saying that we want to be our name on the book of life. But we think, well, that's when I died and then I get to heaven, then I want my name on the book of life. But as long as I'm here on earth, I want my name on the list of power, poor, and rich. Isn't it? But we know there are two different lists, two very opposite lists. So we must choose one over the other. Remember, even like us like this, but God so loved the world and God believed in you and me. When he sacrificed his own son on the cross, so God believed, we will believe Jesus. That was God's faith on you and me. But we know how many people disappointed God not believing in Jesus. And then, if Christians separate their faith and their daily life, and they're living in the world, not believing in that, then how disappointing for the world, the people around us. Oh, even DJ doesn't believe it. In, during the, his weekdays, he's preaching on Sunday on pulpit, but during the weekdays, he just doesn't live that way. How disappointing, how pathetic that this situation. You know, one of the, the church sign of my church, former church, the church, you know, uh, Sexton has a book of church signs, so like weekly uh, he changes the church sign. One of them was, um, I remember, you are the one, you are the only Bible verse your neighbor can read. We are the Bible verse. Because they don't go to church, they don't read the Bible. So we are, our life, you and my life is the Bible verse they read. And you are, like I told you, you and I, we are writing the book of Acts. The book of Acts has not finished yet. You and I writing here in Ephrata, Lidditz, Lancaster, Denver, wherever you live, you are writing. Your life is writing the book of Acts. Like we celebrate 150 years this year. We commemorate all those what happened over the year of our church, 150 years of our church. They remember you. Oh, 2022, oh, DJ was appointed. What he did. Those years, who and who and who and who, those names did Sunday school, went to mission, served in church, so and so. Maybe people forget, but God remembers. So you are daily life. Whether you want it or not, God is recording it. 
And that is a powerful testimony. It's a Bible, it's a full of a per- perfect people, flawless people. No. They have so many flaws and you know, mistakes and hot tempers and even sinful. But God used them. So remember, God believed in you and me and even sacrificed his son. So we must believe in God and conquer the Satan's lie. And we should not separate our faith and the church and the world. Then Jesus will confess your name and my name before God and before the people. That's how we proclaim the gospel to this community and beyond. We can divide church and the world because God made the entire world holy. Redeem the world through Jesus Christ on the cross. Some Christians think the church is like a Noah's Ark. Oh, we are, I'm in. On time, I'm in. I made it. So I'm just waiting until you know, the flood comes and you know, we go. Church is not Noah's Ark. Only Christian rescued and going to heaven is it in the church no the people in the world that will perish no jesus died on the cross the sins of the whole world the world is full of sin and evil But God forgiven the sin of the world. So no one can claim or judging anyone in the world. It's just they didn't change. We didn't change anything. We are not holy. We are sinful. But God changed his perspective. That is a forgiveness. You and I, no one, nothing did. So we come to Christ and we deserve the salvation. And they don't deserve salvation? No. Just they don't know what had happened. And even though they know what Jesus has done, but they are not convinced. They just, it's so hard to believe because they are so broken, so sinful, so poor, so helpless, so hopeless. So they couldn't believe. That's why God sent us to the people, convinced them, believe what Jesus did. So being in church building on Sunday doesn't mean 
that we all confess sin and repent. It reminds me of the prayer of a Pharisee in the temple and the tax collectors. Remember in the gospel? The, the Pharisee, the, the righteous, you know, a religious person praying, God, I thank you that I am not other men. I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector, I fast, I fast twice a week. I give tithe all that I get. That's how he prayed in the temple. But there was a tax collector came to the temple and prayed without lifting his eye. It is their typical gesture when they pray, Jewish people praying, they, they have to look up, look up heaven. That is signs of their righteous to you know, God. But this tax collector, also Jew, but he couldn't lift up his eye. But he said, he bit his chest and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. You know, the weight of a sin is the same. As tax collector or Pharisee, pastor or the you know, inmate in the prison, the weight of a sin is the same. Because I'm standing here my sins are lighter, and the people sitting in the prison heavier? No, it's the same. So Jesus said, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Doesn't matter. So, matter, what matters is knowing who I am. I'm a sinner, I am broken. I'm in need of a Savior. I'm so desperate for this eternal life. That's how we humble ourselves. And they will be redeemed. So we must not divide church and the world. And we are sent to the world. Even though it is sinful and evil. But like I said, Jesus made the whole world clean and holy. A lot of Christians have a phobia, hang out with the uh, worldly people, even your family members who doesn't believe in God, atheists or agnostic, right? Maybe they ridicule you or mocking you for you going to church. Maybe they criticize about your faith. Or they have a totally wrong way of a life. So you don't want to hang out with those people. But that's wrong. Jesus always went to the poor, broken, sinful, margins, outcasts, outsiders, all the time. Why? Because they are open. Because of their, by doing their sin, by being poor, 
by being helpless, they're already expressing, confessing they're a sinner, they're broken. Lord God, I'm broken, but they don't know who, to whom they should talk to. They're confessing, but rich people, stable people, you know, successful people, they don't confess they're broken. That's why Jesus went to those people. As you know in the gospel, those that won accepted Christ, not the rich and powerful. Eugene Peterson said, the world is the one single whole. It's holy. We divide it into areas marked out for God and areas marked out for ourselves. We call churches sacred and playgrounds secular. We have places where we pray and others where we play. But our compartment discrete the way things are supposed to be. The, the, the earth is the Lord's. In the world, people are struggling. More than ever, I think. Today, people are more than ever, they're struggling with the poverty and broken relationship, addiction, depression, and whole loneliness, low self-esteem, and, you know. And like I said, it is their confession. Then somebody go to them and listen to them. Be with them. Be friend with them. Because they're in darkness, they don't know the answer. But we know the answer, Jesus Christ. The eternal salvation from Jesus Christ. So we must go to the people in the world and love them and play with them and pray with them. Remember John, in his letter, he said, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Yes, we are sinful, but we still have the love. We still have this love. It's transcending all things, all the ethics, all the morality. We have this power of love that beyond everything. That is God, the image of God, us. Because of that love, God is delight in us. So we must love. Do you love First Church of Aperda? Loving one another is a test of our reality. So let's love one another, not just in church, but in our daily life. Let's become friends with different and new people. Invite them into our lives by trusting Jesus. Invite them into our lives. So they also walk with Jesus and dress in white. So Jesus will confess 
their names before God and church. Amen.